Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Equipped Bruised Tired Podcast. I am Bryce Krawcheck, one of your two hosts, and I'm here with my man, Ryan Stinn. How are we doing, Ryan? Uh, I'm very well, yes. Good. Excellent today. Had to, had to stop and think about that for a second. <laughs> uh, how am I? You um, know. Yeah, we were just talking about some of the new uh, IPF rule changes. So there's been a few. Um, I think the big one will be the the weight classes, right? Obviously, what are your thoughts yeah. on that change? How does Rhea uh, feel that as a former 72 competitor? Uh, I think she is, yeah, she's, I think she's kind of torn. Like, obviously, she won Worlds at 84 last year. Um, so stay 84 or like naturally 72 was okay for her. She, she had found a way to kind of live at that weight. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think she is a little tall for 72. Yeah. So, um, but maybe so 76, 76 is a little better. Might fit yeah. her pretty well. Hey? But then is it worth cutting down or do you stay at 84? You know, I mean, obviously it's not like, you know, not like 84 is a pushover or anything, but, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's where you've had success obviously. So yeah, yeah she's kind of torn about that whole thing. I think, I think it's an excellent change personally. Overall, uh, just yeah. looking at like 63 to 72, like that's a nine kilo jump. And yeah. 72 to 84 is a 12 kilo jump. Like those are just ridiculously large classes for, yeah, for women. It makes and, way more sense just based on the scaling of all the other weight classes, right? Yeah. And then the, the women only had seven weight classes, right? So mm-hmm. they, which a few years ago they'd added in the rule that you could send an eighth woman to Worlds, so that there was eight women and eight men on a team. Right. Um, but then it was up to you to pick which weight class that was uh, as a country. Um, it just made more sense to add an eighth weight class. Um, yeah. I had seen some rumored proposal weight classes. Mm-hmm. I think there was some necessarily some better ones, but what ended up happening, like the only, the only issue with this one to me is that uh, obviously 72 kilo weight records are now abolished. Um, right. So yeah. a little unfair for the 72s. Um, or at least retired, right? Retired for sure. Yeah. But, but I'll ask you a question. Uh, in 2011, the weight classes changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you think those uh, weight class records previous to 2011 are? I don't know. I suppose like if you wanted to look them up, you could probably find them somewhere on Open IPF if you like sorted yeah. by the old weight classes. Yeah, or I suppose. Something. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. maybe. Uh, yeah, but I, you're I, right. I, I like, tried. It's to not look like for them. they're yeah. prominently displayed on the uh, right. IPF pages anymore, right? So, so the, the yeah. other. The other proposals I saw were uh, changing of more weight classes. I think uh, the one I thought was better was making the top female class higher. Because 84 is not exactly a big person. Like, yeah, uh, so I, 84 I totally plus agree. is, uh, uh, you know, that's a huge class. So to have, to have that be your top class, it's it's a, you know, you're not going to see a 90 kilo female win the 84 plus kilo class. No. It's going to be the... 120 130 kilo women yeah um, and i know you can say about anything you know for the men yeah i mean it's similar 140 to the men, kilos right? would be great yeah good class yeah, yeah um but so yeah it's i think it's a good move because the weight classes were definitely too wide there um and then to have for world games it makes sense because 72 was always alone so there was always 10 72s right. at world yeah. games yeah. versus split classes otherwise so now right. there'll be two weight classes in all world games classes. Yeah. That makes so, a lot more sense. Yeah. I think it's a good change. Um, I think it's just 
sucks to be a, a former 72 kilo lifter that held a record. And Oh yeah, that's absolutely, man. Um, I think, I mean, going back to the, like the, the plus category in and of itself, like it's the same thing in, in the men's side, but at least 120 is like, that's a pretty big guy. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a pretty big guy. You could have a 308 class, whatever that is. Yeah. Is that what? 140. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's something that some of the other federations do that I think is like, yeah, that's good. Let's have a 140 and a 110 maybe. Cause I would love to be a 110. I feel like that's <laughs> Bryce likes be like in there. Be like a 115 <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. 112 um, and a half. Yeah. But yeah, you do see guys, you know, but probably 160 to 180. Like those are the guys that are that are going to be uh, in the runnings in the 120 pluses, but yeah. So you're looking uh, at 60 kilos above the the top class of the class will start, right? Maybe yeah. Like the 180s are the ones winning the class. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, that's a big, uh, yeah, of course it's, it is what it is. You can't start your class at 160. So without yeah. having a million classes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there were some other rule changes. We were <laughs> the one about uh, having to put the ref uh, on the, the head, head side of the, of the lifter. <laughs> Yeah, on the and bench we press. I've never wondering if anybody out there has ever seen somebody uh, set their head referee at the feet. Um, let us know. That seems like something I've never thought could happen, but uh, yeah, it makes you like must have happened at some point. As a ref, I don't. You couldn't really see the touch. You can't see if anything. You were, yeah, I, and also you're a head referee. That's not fair. a foot referee, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a different that's... federation. Um, and then foot movement is now just permissible, which right, is good. I think that's well defined. Yeah. yeah. I think foot movement is generally not advantageous. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I really wish they would take the, the head rule on the bench away. I, I don't, and I guess, I don't know. Um, maybe someone out there has more experience than me cause I've always lifted in the IPF and it's always been, you can't lift your head, but. Mm-hmm. Is it really helpful to lift your head? I wonder if when you get into equipped benching, if the ability to kind of like loosen your chest plate by picking your head up is some kind of advantage. Cause I, I think that's I, where a lot of that, like, and when I started to, it was like, you know, anybody who watches old elite FTS videos or like old, old super training stuff, like you're going to over tuck your elbows like crazy. You're going to toe pick. You're probably going to use like this was me at my first meet. That's why I'm bringing this up. Like super over tucked, false grip, head up off the bench, toe picking. Um, and for me, like I got into the warm up room and somebody was like, dude, you can't do any of those things. <laughs> you need to change your whole bench right now or you're not going to get a lift in. And I think I still got called at least once for my head coming up. Right. Uh, so I don't think for like most raw lifters, lifting your head up and collapsing your chest is providing you any advantage. But maybe there are some scenarios where you could play that to your advantage if you're in a super, super tight shirt and you could like kind of pick up and get that little bit of a touch and then kind of reorient yourself to stretch the chest plate back out. I, I don't know how much that's actually worth having a rule like that, though. Yeah. I mean, the only time it's ever happened to me, like I've literally felt the shirt pull my head off the bench right like mm. it's not that i've lifted my head but like there's yeah. here here's my head my head's lifting <laughs> like, well and a lot of times you're looking at guys like blaine and uh, i mean the dude is massive right like if he lays down and relaxes completely his head might not touch the bench right so it's not like he's actively picking it up it's the fact that like to put his head on the bench a guy, and to... I'm, I'm just 
like this is pure conjecture, but I'm imagining he's got to like crane his head back to try to keep his head on the bench. And I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> it takes I mean, you back I, that's to, just so uh, uncomfortable, right? It takes me back to Brian Siders. Right. Um, same thing. Always had got called his head coming up because as soon as he brought the bar down, his head would come off the bench and yeah. he ended up near the end of his career. He started setting up. So his head was off of the end of the bench Oh, okay. And like, there's no, there's no rule, I guess, that your head. Wow, man. Says so it has to be a contact with the bench. Right. I don't know. Like, I remember him doing this. Like, he was set up getting, so far up the bench. Like that getting around head, the rules a little bit, like that. Yeah. I mean, I oh. say you just grow out a mullet and. Yeah, I was gonna say like get a dream. get a little sort of like man bun top knot kind of skullet. Thing a skullet, yes, that's <laughs> that's the de facto choice. I yeah, something to touch the bench. Let's just grow the back, yeah, the front bald. That's the way to go. Baby hey, some of us can't grow anything up there, all right? Like, we only have so many choices. <laughs> right, right, right. So, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. What are the rules? Were there? Uh, the you bench, don't know. Yeah. You heard it. Don't have friend. to uh, present yourself the first round of weigh-ins, which is good, right. actually. I got an argument in Ottawa at Nationals about this because I was, as per usual, uh, doing my CCS um, <laughs> okay. uh, recertification during yeah. weigh-ins yeah, because yeah. I had forgotten to do it to that point. Right. And, uh, and I got yelled at by the referees that I didn't present myself at weigh-ins and I was going to be disqualified. I said, that's not a rule. And lo and behold, it, it, it was a rule. Uh, and uh, a very stupid rule. So if you're off cutting weight, especially if you're, the venue is not in the hotel you're staying at, mm-hmm. you have to show up for the first round of weigh-ins or your coach has to show up for the first round of weigh-ins. And if that's the only person that's with you while you're cutting weight hard in a sauna or something, yeah. it's a dumb rule. I'm glad they yeah. got rid of it. Sorry, yeah. referees, you have to wait around for an hour and a half. That's, that's the reality. But, I mean, that's kind of the way it goes anyways because, I mean, I don't know. I guess I've never refed an international meet. I'm only a, a provincial referee, but it, like generally speaking, you're there anyways. And I'm pretty sure it's mandated in the like referee handbook that you have to be present and available for the whole way in. So well, that would be the expectation, I mean, I don't know if right? That really saves anybody any time or anything. But enough referees wanted to go have breakfast after weigh-ins that that they put this rule in is my only assumption. Which I mean is also fair for a bunch of volunteers. Like yeah. I, I get that. But, but yeah, if people have to cut weight, they have to cut weight. So yeah, exactly. I think that was the only, the only other big change there. And then something about uh, the technical controller work with the championship secretary to make sure that international calendar works, basically. Mm. Which I don't and know why it's a the, rule. It just seems like that should be a thing. There was a bodysuit rule. Uh, oh yes, that, right. Because initially, female lifters who chose to wear bodysuit couldn't use knee sleeves and knee wraps, and that and was then, and then taken out of the. Yeah. So, which is good because, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to allow a bodysuit for any of the same reasons you allow some kind of like religious head covering, why should that person now suffer <laughs> like a competitive disadvantage and not be able to use the equipment that's part of the sport? Well, I think that they just took that out. Like, I don't that's think they that... can wear rule. They can't, they can, they can no longer wear knee sleeves. Oh, really? I, they, I Maybe I misread had... that. Yeah. Let me just jump on it quick here. Could be wrong. I could have read it wrong. Um, a female lifter is not allowed to use knee wraps. Oh no. Okay. And that's the rule that was deleted. Was that they were right. not allowed to? Use that's them. right. Yeah. Which I yeah. is the right choice. Right, and I think that we had, 
I feel like potentially the CPU had allowed that already. And that's mm-hmm. why I was confused that that uh, that that rule was being changed because I thought they had made it so that you weren't allowed to wear any sleeves over a bodysuit. And I thought that's pretty. Did they rough. change it though because of that one? There was a British lifter, maybe. Somebody sure. like snuck a, sw- a squat suit underneath a bodysuit. This was a, at like a, I want to say a university championship. Championships last year. Yeah. Uh, it was under a singlet. Yes. It could have been briefs. I don't know if I, I never heard a resolution to this, but right. the video got posted and got around and either the person had a very interesting lower body build mm-hmm. or. And was there a bodysuit involved suit. in that or no? No, I think it was just under a singlet. Okay. okay. But I could be wrong. Yeah. I was just wondering if that had any correlation to that rule being formed. But Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. So. Cool. Um, yeah. You said we didn't have any questions this week? No, no questions. So, um, Or not that I can find, at least. <laughs> I do get some. <laughs> if they're out there, resubmit them because we lost them. Yeah, occasionally I get them on Instagram and I kind of just uh, deal with them at the time. and Yeah. And then they go into my list of messages and I kind of lose track of them. So That's fair. That's fair. Um, how's, how's training been? Uh, fine. You're back in the bench shirt now. I yeah. can see the mark. I saw the marks on your arms there. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know if it's yeah, visible. There they are. Got the tiger striping up the arm. That's a good, um, good sleeve cuff right there. Yeah, it was, it was good. Um, first week of a new block and I kind of asked Mike, so Mike, I, I told him I wasn't quite ready to give up on that 227 and a half bench, but that I kind of needed a break from heavy raw benching so we're still heavy raw benching <laughs> but now that we're sounds also like, heavy, heavy like equipment like... benching <laughs> so. Feel a little beat up from this heavy benching uh, how about a little bit more heavy benching uh so yeah uh, i don't know my sunday is now my first day of the week is now um still single at eight for raw bench then like a four by four and then i'm doing I get to do two sets of squats now instead of just hey. one. So two triples, which is I, I like triples. They're they're in the acceptable range of reps. Yeah. I don't hey. I don't hate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I do the same thing on deadlifts now. So a couple triples. Uh, I'm supposed to add my goal is five kilos added every week. And so if Those I can are do progressing that, pretty well still. Yeah, everything's been pretty pain free. Knock on wood. Um, good. So we'll hopefully be uh, in the clear here at the end of the block and kind of go from there if we want to if i want to put some gear back on or what i want to do i don't know if we'll have any meets here at any points so yeah. not really sure and then yeah day three i get to put the bench shirt on and do five singles and uh, i had planned to put uh a bolt on i have a couple of old inzer bolts well old ones um, okay yeah and the new ones came out right yeah so, available now? which i snuck one into an order uh nice. inzer I'm, that's exciting Ray had noticed it already, so uh, it was very, <laughs> very sneaky, sneaky I guess. Then. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work very well. But uh, so I don't know when that'll show up. It'll come with our next order. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that. Uh, so I was going to throw on one of the old ones just to play around with, and then I pulled them out and remembered how uh, sketchy they were looking, and that's why I put them away. So I'm <laughs> like, well, let's just the scenes. Yeah. So we decided to put the katana on. So I think yeah. it was I think it was the shirt that I had worn for my first two attempts at nationals. Right. So. And I worked up to 280 pretty comfortably. Uh, the one thing with the raw bench is I had changed to like a narrower foot stance with the raw bench. And I, I'm i not sure how I like that with equipped. So I kind of was playing with my feet a lot, trying to find the right 
kind of comfort position. But so there'll be a lot of working on the shirt this block, I think, and maybe that bolt will show up before the end and I'll get to try that out. And yeah, cool, man. How about you? How's the how's the? You said you have a meet coming up here in yeah. two a week a week now. Like a week from tomorrow, I can yeah. eat. Yeah. Um, it's good. Like I'm, I'm finally starting to feel back in shape. Like I, uh, spent the whole block, like just struggling through squatting like 340 to 350. Uh, and then last week squatted 370 or 375 and was like, oh, okay. Like it's, I just had to go it's, it's back. Like we can, <laughs> we can still do this. Yeah. Maybe I just had to go heavier. I was having some problems with my shoulder and my wrist and like trying to get my bar position right. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think it was like a weird chicken or the egg kind of situation with that because if I just like force myself into the position I used to get into, it feels fine. But I had like kind of changed my position to be a little bit easier on my shoulders, easier on my shoulders. <laughs> and I think that ended up making my forearm like explode. Oh. Uh, it had some really bad bicep tendonitis throughout the block and it was just like really annoying. But then for the 370, I was like, ah, to hell with it. I'm just going to like hit this ammonia and stuff myself under the bar. And it felt great. I was like, oh, yeah, I do open around here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, my raw pull is feeling really great. My equip pull is feeling okay. But my raw pull was feeling uh, really good. Did some pause. Uh, got a pause doublet, like 335. It felt like about a 6 or a 7 RPE, kind of nice and speedy. So, We'll see. Um, raw bench is obviously a lot bigger than when I competed last. I don't know if that's going to carry over. I'm going to tighten my sleeves after today's episode. So <laughs> we'll go into the meet with uh, a little bit, a little bit tighter sleeves. Yeah, tighten them just before the meet. I've done that yeah. a few times now, actually. Yeah. Just uh, tighten them before the last workout. And hopefully she goes. <laughs> <laughs> and if not... Uh, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> What do you so, yeah. do? Yeah. So I'm basically my usual time to peak is six weeks, but this will be a seven week block into this meet. Um, so this last week I'm kind of like stretching over the this week and a half. So I did my first two raw days earlier this week, and I'll do like a bunch of accessory work today, and then I'll basically put my last equipped exposure on Monday and do all my equipped openers, and then just have like a couple of little taper workouts before the meet try like resting really hard now that I'm at 120 and see if, uh, see if there's something to that. So I used <laughs> to train pretty, pretty heavy, pretty consistently, pretty close to the meat, but yeah, see Speaking how it all goes. That, you still do an opener day, hmm? six days out, correct? Uh, this would be six days out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's Usually it's like five or six days. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, so that was something that I'd, I'd honestly never done an opener day before I ever worked with Blaine. Okay. And he does them seven days out, one week out. And I didn't, you know, I, I did, I only did it once with him and then I kept doing it afterwards, I guess. Um, and then at one point I said, I don't like this. <laughs> it, it was, I found it too uh, mentally, I, I had to get too mentally into it. Okay. And so like my old style, like initially we would, uh, heaviest dead of about 17 days out and then heaviest squat would be, uh, 14 days, heaviest bench, nine days sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I kind of went to more of a modified version of that. When I started working with Mike, I kind of chat with him. I said, hey, like, I don't really want to do an opener day five days out in, yeah. at, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, even six or seven days, I'm not interested in. <laughs> <laughs> which which he was good and, and I he just, you know he, I hate it I don't yeah. want to do it I don't I find it's uh I don't know there's no to me there's just no pros to it yeah I, I absolutely know that I can do those three lifts on the same day doing them on the same day in training is there's no advantage to me yeah. um and it's all just possible negatives mm-hmm. if shit goes badly especially if it goes badly in the squat and then just yeah. gonna carry through it all right yeah so yeah I, I so I chatted with Mike and I think, uh, I can't remember what the last one was, but kind of like, uh, more of like a 10 day out sort of thing for squat yeah. and deadlift and then, and then eight days out or so for bench. But I think I need to modify that because after the last two meets, I found that my squats feel monstrously heavy by the competition. Mm. I think it's because my last squat is too far out. So okay. I need to kind of get my squat a little closer. Have yeah. you ever played around with that at all with yourself? So... I remember like War of the West, this would have been like 2015, 2016. That was probably the hardest I've trained into. the trophy behind you. Oh. <laughs> uh, 2017. Okay, there you go. Turns out. <laughs> um, that was the heaviest and hardest I've trained into a meet ever. Um, and the advantage of that was everything felt like whatever on meet day. Nothing felt, even my third squat like didn't feel heavy. Um, and like the day before, uh, just for reference, I think I squatted 290 or 295 at the meet. Um, the day before I was doing like doubles and triples or sets of four or whatever with 220. Like I, I literally hit every set, every session, full intensity all the way through. And I think lifted, yeah, the day before I competed, maybe took one day off. Um, so I've, I've played around a lot with that kind of a taper before, like the non taper taper. Um, but the opener day, so generally what I'll do is is the Monday um, before I compete or somewhere around five days out, I'll do all my openers. And then somewhere around two or three days out, I'll go in and go up to my last raw warm up and just like take a single and go home. Like it's very, very minimal the amount of work I'll actually do. And I know for a fact that my openers will feel worse than they should. If my openers feel good, I will be maybe terrified of how the meat will go because <laughs> I've done this so many times and I know, I know, I know, I know that I'm going to go in and I'm going to hit my openers and I'm going to be like, Ugh, like that didn't feel like it should. But that, uh, that at the same time, that not feeling like it should means it felt like it should, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, for me, it's like, that's kind of the, I don't know, ritual or the habit that I've gotten into with meats. So I think that's something I can kind of rely on. And especially when travel is whatever, you know, like it might be, it might be like Dubai was a a lot of travel. Um, So I did my openers before I left and then traveled for like two days, did my one like up to warm ups session and then went and competed and it went pretty well. Nationals, same kind of thing. Did my openers before I left and, yeah, I just kind of play it around with my schedule, but that layout seems to work for me. Yeah, the uh, the last workout up to raw raw last raw warm up. Yeah, Mike told me that's he said that's what you should do. And I said, well, my last raw squat is 175 kilos, and my last raw bench is 175 kilos. So is that what you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> I put my suit on pretty darn early, so yeah, I think I go to like 225 squat yeah. now. 
yeah. and a 175 bench and like a two, maybe even a 275 deadlift. Right. I put like I put my gear on so early. I think basically 175 on all three would be my last raw warm up sort of thing. And yeah. I might have my deadlift suit on before that actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, maybe you just go up to like your last equipped warm up. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I kind of played it by ear like the, a lot of the last couple times. It would just be, um, yeah, just kind of do something that feels okay. Yeah. Leave it there. It feels like okay slash a bit heavy-ish. Like go to 80% for something. Yeah. Oh, it's going to feel heavy for sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> without a doubt. But yeah, I know it's interesting. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's peaking and tapering is always a very interesting topic. Yeah. All right. Well, should we, uh, Toss it over to our uh, our interview now. Yeah, we have uh, we have a pretty fantastic interview that we just recorded with a gentleman named Oliver Dahlquist, and hopefully I'm saying his name right. But uh, this is his first, sorry, not first, uh, second year as an open. So he's just kind of coming up through the scene. Uh, he's a Swedish lifter. You may or may not have heard of him, but he's hit some really huge lifts uh, as a 93 in training lately. So. Um, he's been competing since 2013, since he was 17 years old, which I, I find is, is pretty cool to start that young and compete for as long as he has. Uh, he's done a ton of meets, uh, four or five meets, I think each year since then. And most of them single ply. So on the, on the right team here, um, <laughs> like I said, he's hit some huge lifts in training recently, which, uh, actually have been over the world record in both squat and bench press for his weight class. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think, uh, just kind of a, a good guy with some interesting insights, very competitive sort of mindsets and, uh, really enjoyed sitting down and chatting with him. Excited to see what he can do in the future here. But uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy. If you have any questions for us, as per usual, hit us up at equippedbruisedtired at gmail.com uh, or just message one of the two of us or leave a comment on YouTube, depending on where you choose to consume this content. And um, yeah, you know what? I've never plugged this before, but go ahead and give us a five-star rating and review somewhere for something. <laughs> give us a thumbs up on the video. I don't know. Maybe if we say that, outro? people will do it. It might be on our outro. I don't know. Thumbs up and smash that like button (laughs) and ding that bell and (laughs) some bonus subscribe button too. Yes. All right. Enjoy our interview. We'll see everybody next time. Uh, Thanks for thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for coming on the podcast. We appreciate having you. Thanks for being here. It's so uh, fun. Giving us some of your time. Um, so basically I just kind of wanted to start off getting into what got you into lifting. Cause it, I looked through your, your sort of open IPF database and you've been lifting since you were 17, right? Yeah. Or that's there, right. thereabouts. Um, yeah. so like a pretty substantial amount of time, uh, despite being really young. So, uh, it looks like you've done like four or five meets a year since you started, whether they're bench only or full power. What, uh, like what got you started with powerlifting? What, what got you into it at such a young age? I actually played uh, football when I was a very young age. Too. Like American-style football? No, soccer. Okay, and, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Everybody throws around different uh, Yeah. yeah. To so, for your guys, I think it's soccer. Gotcha. So, gotcha. I was playing roughly uh, 10 years, and but when I was like 14 years old, I got the knee injury. Okay. And I've been uh, had an operation for my knee three times. Oh, damn. After that, so... Yeah, the last operation, uh, the doctor said to me I couldn't play anymore. Mm. So I actually fell into powerlifting because I needed to be stronger in my legs again. Right. So that's actually where I started. And then I came uh, 
across a guy at the gym that told me, do you want to be in a competition? And just like for benching, I have fun. I said, okay, I can, I can do the bench, but I can't deadlift or squat anything because I was still like three weeks out of uh, the operation. Right. So he just said, okay, of course you can bench, but then we'll have a look later. And mm-hmm. then I did my first meet 2014, I think. Yeah, yeah, 2013 or 14, I think I saw. Yeah, I think so. And that was just like raw bench. Okay. And then it all started from there. Just got really stuck with it and loved putting more weights on the bar. Um, so what, I mean, you see a lot of people get into powerlifting pretty young. And some people tend to have like a lot of success and they kind of like blow up. But then they don't stick around for very long. Um, and you're going on seven years of competing. So what, what do you think has kept you in the sport so long? Like what keeps your attention and keeps you interested in continuing to do those same three lifts over <laughs> and over and over again? I think it's like, it's crazy to say, I think it's so fun to do the lift over and over again, because okay. I really love to do it. I did the, like the big yeah, thing of the day. I just want to go to the gym every day. So, and then I think I have always set the goals for me. I want to achieve different kind of goals in powerlifting and different kind of weight goals. And that always keep me like on the track to always mm-hmm. stay in the sport and always keep, yeah, keep me on the like competing track as well. Like always compete at least three to four times a year, at least yeah. two powerlifting meets and maybe to bench me just but that i think is the reason and always kept my motivation very high interesting have you had times where like you're just not feeling motivated at all like how is this whole i mean i guess sweden didn't lock down like a lot of other places did or at least not the same way right yeah Um, they was told about a lockdown here but they didn't do anything about it there was very much talk about those should close the gym or close the grocery stores and stuff like that, but they never did it actually here. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, still, Worlds was canceled just recently and some of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, how has this whole experience been for you? Um, trying also, to cope with maybe not having any big competitions for a while, right? And I know you've been, you're like putting out big numbers, like you're really strong <laughs> right now. So I must be chopping yeah. up a bit to compete. How what's that like for you? So. When I just found out, like in was it in May I think or March, and when there was the European Championships, mm. then I got the message that we shouldn't compete and all that kind of that got me got me really upset right then. Mm. But then I think that's as everybody in the world is like affected by all the coronavirus and n- nobody can compete like for now. But I wasn't expecting that the worlds either would be able to actually stand when they come to the November. So mm-hmm. I have already set my mind for not competing. Right, but okay. I always want to be ready at least. Yeah. And but, that hasn't, um, hasn't really made it any harder to get to the gym no. and get your sessions in or anything? No, really not. <laughs> I, have, I still like to do my equipment lifting and do my numbers so i really love that and i will always like trying to do 
my next goals maybe in the gym this time yeah. but but next time it will be at competition at least that's cool man i, I admire that kind of like unshakable uh love for it um, just jumping back to your soccer or football um, and your knee injuries, um, yeah. has that ever sprung back up with powerlifting or has it been the strengthening the knees or the quads been, been able to help that? They've been helping so much. I could always feel like when I had my first operation, I could feel like always a little bit of pain and always uh, my mobility in my knee joints and my hips was really not that good. But like after the third operation, when I just called out and said uh, I couldn't play anymore, and I started to powerlifting more and more, then I really felt that my mobility in my hips and my knee was so much better. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can feel right now is maybe sometime that my hamstrings is on the, my left leg. I think it is. Yeah, left leg is like a bit, a little bit uh, weaker than my right one. But otherwise, I can't feel anything right now. All right. Good. So was it like ACL issues? Is that? Yeah. yeah. It was the ACL that was uh, off two times, and the third time it was the like the screw that was stuck to the ACL lid that was uh, going off. Oh. Damn, dude! <laughs> Just really wanted to get rid of that leg event, hey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think? Uh... So you said you played soccer for 10 years. Do yeah. Do you think running for 90 minutes at a time is has what's uh, led you to such good squatting capabilities? Because obviously that would make your legs huge. Yeah, I think that that need to be my like very, very ground pull that very started to my powerlifting at least. So I think the strength that come from my legs will come from the soccer. And like I had to start all over from yeah, like the hips and upwards. So big legs and no over body. Right. <laughs> As a former soccer player prior to powerlifting, I definitely yeah. uh, I can definitely identify with that. <laughs> been working hard for the bench. Um, yeah, really much. <laughs> but I feel like you've been you've been really successful with the bench, especially lately. Um, like I saw. A, looked into your your past meet results and i think uh best squat previously was 365 and best bench was 282 and a half um and i've seen you in training doing a 400 kilo squat uh pretty memorably recently uh and doing some like bench work in the 320 to 330 mark uh like that's that's huge progress man what what do you think has led to um, that kind of progress in the last year or so? Are you just kind of finding a groove with training, or is there something that you've changed? Or I actually changed uh, my training system in, I think it was in August or September last year. Okay. I started with the RPE training okay. with uh, Alexander Eriksson. Okay. I have him and coach since 2016. So... When we started to try the new RPA system, I felt like it was a next level change for me. I could push myself so much harder. I could push my, the weight so much further. Mm. And that I think that's maybe was the like the next level for me at least. Interesting. <clears throat> and what, what do you think of or like what have been kind of the biggest differences when you say like RPE system versus what you used to do? Like how 
what, what are some of those differences maybe you could highlight for us and how the training has changed? I think that uh, the training sessions before was very much between like 60 to 87% of the max capability. Mm -hmm. And right now I think I'm always around like RP8 to, yeah, sometimes 10. Because <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Because, yeah. because every week I think, okay, I did like a 200 kilo bench press raw and then I need to, okay, next week I want to be even better, but I need it to look as easy as the last week. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually competing with myself every week okay. instead of like have the same week for week for week in the old system that we have. Interesting. So now I'm pushing myself even harder and sometimes it's like... It should be RP eight or eight and a half, and it looks like maybe a nine, nine and a half. Right. Then I need to like look at the weight again and think, okay, maybe I should take it a bit easier, but or should I just push even harder so it looks like an RP eight? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's cool. It sounds like sounds like that's kind of let you uh, like harness and use a lot of that sort of uh, competitiveness. That you seem to have and, and allowed you kind of apply your that drive into your training by making those adjustments on on the fly yeah i really love to actually compete overall so mm -hmm. could i even compete now every day in my sessions that was as a that was the best part of it i think yeah it's cool so previously you would come in and you'd already have like a percentage set for what you're supposed to do like Maybe it's supposed to be an eighty-five percent squat kind of day. Is that is that what it was? It was very yeah. Regimental. That was that was like the the old system. Right, right. So that was like yeah, maybe seventy to eighty-five percent, and then we go like I don't know, like four or five reps, and that was pretty much done after a few sets of that. And I always like feeling fresh after the sessions, and always got a bit more to actually feel that I could push myself further than I couldn't as I'm doing right now. Because mm -hmm. the sessions that I have now, I'm feeling tired and maybe a little bit sore afterwards. But I didn't feel it at all. Right. So I mean, going back to that 400 kilo squat, was that yeah. in your plan? Was that in your mind that day? Or was it just <laughs> one of those good RPE days and you wanted to go for it? No, it was actually... It's a, Pretty funny story because I had uh, I should do like two reps RP eight that day, and it wasn't uh, maybe a two reps RP eight, but <laughs> <laughs> like two weeks before I felt I did a uh, two reps at uh, I think it was like three eighty or three eighty five was felt really good so I actually told uh, someone at the gym that maybe I should try the four hundred squat right now when when I'm feeling really strong. And the guy just told me, yeah, sure, go for it. And I'm like, ah, I don't really know. Should I, should I not? But I don't believe you can do it. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> so I told uh, more and more people that will do the 400 kilo squat and like try to like preserve out the, that more and more people should know that I will try the 400 so the pressure will be higher and higher for me to mm -hmm. not fail. Right. So I wanted the pressure to, as I really wanted to, like, okay, everybody's looking now. I can't fail this weight. And then I told, like, Alexander Erickson, I 
you know what? This week, uh, I will do a singlet, like 400 kilos, and have a try on that. And he just told me, yeah, I knew it. It will come sooner or later. So, so I just make the day, think that, uh, okay, I will do the 400, and I will feel how it feels. And it went really good, I think. It mm-hmm. felt really good on the back as well. Yeah. No, it was a it was a really good squat, man. Um, I kind of want to get a little bit more into your your training and that shift. Uh, you know, you said you started using more RPE, going a bit heavier more often. How yeah. did that impact how often you were in your equipment? Did you end up um, in your equipment more often, or was it the same kind of uh, use of the equipment, or did that change at all? No, it was the same uh, as the usual system. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going much heavier now in the equipment than before. Okay. And I'm not really struggling. Like, if I don't feel like I can hit, hit the depth correctly, then I will just uh, take it uh, as a, like it is mm-hmm. and put on more weight instead of really pushing myself down for just, like, the harness. Right, right. That's just... Okay. Uh, I think it's too, like... I'm getting too sore in my back when I'm always pushing myself like the, at least the 10 to 15 centimeters the last, if I have like 355 or 365 on the, on, my, on the squat, it's too hard to really push down the last depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what does that look like for you? Like you said that you're just finishing up a block with equipment. You're going to do another block with equipment. Yeah. In those blocks, are you in equipment every week, or is it every other week, or just kind of at the end of the block, or how does how's that structured? It's uh, every other week. Okay. As of right now, so I have a week with equipment and uh, then a week off. But then I will always do uh, like the days I have the equipment. The next week I will have like the same movement, just heavier raw squats and bench and deadlift. Okay. <laughs> um, sticking with your training a little bit i saw you doing uh some chains on deadlifts and some pin squats on uh squats uh, um, yeah is there are those a couple of variations that you really find effective is there any other variations you kind of like i i feel that i think that the pin squat is uh, very fun because i think it's like starting off with the movement at the bottom positions Especially like keeping your chest and the hips on the right place. I think it's like when you're coming the wrong position in the squat suit, for example. I feel like the pin squat actually helps me keep up my chest a lot more than just normal squats. Mm-hmm. And for the deadlift with chains, that's a really good, I think, because the, I have some struggle with the balance in the lockout sometimes. So... That helps a lot when the actually the chains just releases from the floor. Right. I saw you did a <clears throat> the what like two seventy seven and a half for a triple on the pin squat just recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was looking at that and I was like, man, how? Like when I'm good in equipment, there's no chance I'm like pin squatting over six hundred pounds. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I find my bottom end does suffer a little bit when I'm in equipment. Yeah. Um, I guess. Maybe there's something to that structure of like week on, week off, but do you find that you're usually pretty strong just in both? Or do you find that, uh, you know, you kind of peak in one direction or the other? 
No, I'm feeling like when I'm strong in equipment, I'm really strong raw as well. Interesting. But I can also feel like some days when I'm feeling like, oh shit, the raw squat is feeling right really at the bottom. And I'm feeling like 260 is feeling like heavy on the back. And then when I put on the equipment, it's just everything is feeling light. Yeah. Those days are not that often, but it happens. But I think it's like more when my raw lift is very strong, I'm feeling strong as well with the equipment. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think for me, it's just like there's that emphasis of the bottom position in the pin squat. And I feel like that's the specific part that I start to struggle with when I'm in my equipment. So I don't know, maybe I just need to pair my equipped squats with some pin squats. Maybe that's the idea. Maybe that's the secret weapon. Secret weapon. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so going back to, uh, your start of your career, you basically did uh, bench only cause your knees, um, but you've continued to do quite a few bench onlys. Um, and now you're handling, 30 or 40 kilos more than you've, well, 40 kilos more than you've benched in competition to boards. Do you find um, that uh, the board work has a good carryover into your bench? Um, the, uh, sorry, I'm kind of rambling question there, but uh, your bench is looking very strong, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> um, uh, are we, are we going to see like the, the world record I think is 320 and a half. Yeah, it is so, 93s, yeah. Yeah, so I mean you're you've you've surpassed the the squat world record in training now and you're handling well above the the bench world record now. Um yeah, I guess tell us how that bench is is moving so nicely and and what kind of secrets you have going there. I actually changed the bench shirt for I think it was 4 5 weeks ago or maybe okay. even more. And then I, because I had a new shirt, the the red one that I'm lifting right now, I couldn't even get as a like 300 or 310. I couldn't even make it move when I got it out. I just like hurt and I didn't like, couldn't even take my hands out to the rings properly. And I got help just to put it out. And the shirt was just actually crap. So I thought that, okay, I will never even have the shirt on again. I will just will give up. And then I had the shirt with the, with me at the session, and I forgot my other shirt. I was, okay, then I need to have oh, the no. shirt on again. <laughs> well, oh, shit, it won't be good anytime soon. And then I actually tried it on, and it felt really good that day. And then just like that, it felt like... I can give you so much more than my other shirts. But it's actually the same size as my other mm. shirt and my competition shirts, especially. But the difference is I have the suit in and the arms, like mm. two centimeters. Right. That gives me a lot of pressure on the triceps, I think. Right. So the new shirt, the arms are taken in quite a bit, is what you're saying? Yeah, like two right. centimeters on each okay. arm. That's pretty significant. <laughs> I've, I've got to go do some sewing. I'll be right back. <laughs> um, and you don't wear a belt for bench press, which is no. fairly uncommon, I guess. Um, do you find that the belt affects your arching? Or do you just like that it gives the freedom to let the shirt kind of move where it wants to? It's actually both. Because when I have the the belt on, I can not even arch a little bit. I think my 
back is just like a, a rock. I can't even move. And as you say, my bench shot can slip up a little bit when I'm pulling down. And I think that is, helps me a lot with my like path in the bench when I'm pulling it down. Right. And a lot easier to come down with the bar, I think so, at least. Interesting. So tighten your sleeves, kids. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the secret. <laughs> that's the secret. Then we, you will also do a 350 bench. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I saw some, like, uh, I won't say call them like board complexes. So uh, yeah. multiple reps changing board heights. Is that something you guys incorporate a lot with your bench? Oh, we always do it like the last set just to really push out the last uh, like movement of the triceps and feel that you can, even though you are tired after some like singles at uh, a heavier weight, that you can push it, those out as well just for like feeling that shouldn't be a problem for you. But I really like it. Then we will always start with like six centimeters and work up to like maybe eight or twelve. Right. Mm -hmm. When you're doing your uh, your heavier singles and stuff, like your heaviest shirted bench work, are you using yeah. boards almost always as a target, uh, or are you kind of like? Because I don't know if you've seen my training, but I basically like ghost board. So I just go to yeah. kind of wherever I can get it to. What are your thoughts on those two different strategies, and which do you use? I always use board, mm -hmm. so I can actually. I never feel where I am. That's okay. maybe my main problem. Because when I'm taking down the bar, I just wait to hear the press command. Right. So right. just take it down and just wait for the command and then I'll press when I get it. Right. And if that's the board or that's the chest, I don't don't really know the difference. Okay. I that's I think fine. I can't feel the real difference between like four centimeters and my chest. Right. You uh, just kind of block out on the way down and wait till someone yeah, tells you what to do. Exactly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> just, just say it to me. But I've seen <laughs> your, when you're benching, you're doing like, no use as, uh, like you said, just ghost benching with uh, nothing at all. Yeah. Yeah. Is that um, because uh, you're alone at your gym or just because uh, you like it? I think I like it. I think I've, I've used that with some clients and I'm back and forth. I don't necessarily think that one is better than the other. It kind of depends on the lifter. Um, but I've seen a lot of lifters get really good at doing board presses. Yeah. And it's a, it, it seems to be a very different movement. Like they come down, they really sink into the boards and kind of like use that pop. Yeah. Uh, instead of just using it as a guide. And, you know, maybe there's a difference in intent with the exercise when it's performed differently. Uh, but mm. for me, it kind of... It helps me get more used to what it's going to take to touch. Um, and I can play with different heights without having to have somebody hold boards. Um, and it, it, to me, seems a lot more like the sort of competition bench. Like uh, the bar path or the difference is, is noticeable when I put a board there and when I'm aiming for a board versus when I'm just like bench pressing. So uh, I think for me... Uh, I like both. I actually have, have done a fair bit of board work in my shirt. But for me, I think the ghost board stuff, especially as somebody starting equipment later in their career, uh, really helped me kind of work through the bar path and how the bar came down in a shirt a little bit differently. Nice. Yeah. 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 I think uh, two people use the board as kind of like an assistance and they will almost dump to the boards like too quick. And then get that spring off the chest. So I think it depends if how you use them, if you use them properly or you use them kind of 
little cheaterly sort of. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. there's definitely benefits to them, but but they can be used to to really add some assistance. I think. Yeah, I feel like watching your bench though, Oliver. It seems like you got a pretty light touch. Like you're pretty controlled on the descent and and that kind of thing. So you probably you know. Like you said, you don't really notice much difference between the boards or not. So, yeah, I think in those cases, there's probably more similarities than differences. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, I haven't actually posted this uh, video yet because I was Ooh. holding on it. Exclusive cut here on EBT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was actually now on, on yeah this week, I was up and doing a single at 330. So and that was just to like two centimeters board, and the oh. struggle down was too hard. Right. But it it was like I didn't notice if it was even six centimeters or the chest. I just waited for it, and I think like from yeah six centimeters down and to like two centimeters, it took for like felt forever. But it was <laughs> maybe like five to six seconds, and then the the way up was actually. Okay, so not the best speed on it, but it was just fine. But it's like I feel the difference between how hot it is in gym. I don't know about you guys, but when it's really hot, like yeah, summer outside or like or winter outside, my equipment is like totally different on me then. Okay, yeah, I definitely notice when I'm a lot more sweaty. Things like <laughs> slip around a lot more, you know. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I get sticky. Like gear will just stick in place, and it won't move when I'm when it's too hot. Yeah, I think I'd actually prefer that. <laughs> or or just use the the Ukrainian method and just chalk anywhere that the equipment touches, right? And just That's stick right. it right in place. <laughs> I'll do that next time. <laughs> all I'm thinking, you know, the last like ten minutes of this conversation, all I've been thinking is like, man, I really gotta go tighten my sleeves. <laughs> I gotta compete next weekend. I got some some goals for bench at the very least. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tighten my sleeves again. Thank you for inspiring me, Oliver. I will send a photo how I did. Yeah, that'd be great. Um and I think that's a good segue. We'll kind of get into talking a little bit about um the equipment itself. We got a segment that we call Gearhead. So we're gonna ask you a bunch of questions about your equipment specifically. Um yes. and if you if there's anything that you like don't want to talk about that's kind of like a trade secret or something, uh that's fine. We can we can uh, edit that out or whatever. But um <laughs> yeah, so with your with your equipment, can you walk us through kind of what you use, whether it's stock or custom, um and, and all that kind of stuff, just a basic sort of run through. Sure, I'm using a Super Centurio on the squats and uh, uh, training. I'm using a size 40 and like competition 38. Oh man, and... I could get a better suit too. <laughs> <laughs> you're 120 now, Bryce. You're you're okay. Yeah, I know, but I was I'm using a... a so you're you're a pretty big 93 though, Oliver. Like, are you what do you walk around at? I'm rocking around right. 95 96 i think but then okay. i will always use my 40 squat i right. think i'm um, using my 40 squat so much more than my 38 because i like lifting it much more i feel more comfortable and i feel like i got more power in it because mm-hmm. so you don't have tr- to like give up as much technique to try to make the suit work kind of thing yeah and i think like the uh, the length and the legs it's a bit longer than my 38 okay. Do you use a regular stance or a wide stance? Regular stance. Okay. 
I think generally the regular stance legs are a bit longer, actually. Yeah, I think so too. I, I did use a wide stance when I was starting with the equipment, and that I think thought was too much, like it was too much shortened in my legs compared to a normal regular stance thirty-eight. So was um, that four hundred? Sorry, going back, was that four hundred in your forty or your thirty-eight? Forty. Wow. Okay. Boy. <laughs> 410 Worlds 2021, you heard it here first. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Um, and what about your bench shirts? Like, what do you what do you use, and what uh, what sizes? I'm using a like low cut size 44, I think. Yeah, 44. That's and... like the only shirt I got. Actually, my training shirt is always a. It's also a 34. But like I haven't for, I think I had actually my first competition with it. Okay, so you've been using the, it since you were in the '93, not like 2016. Oh, okay, okay. So maybe my old second bench shirt. It is, okay. and it's still right. working pretty fine. Nice. I can I can put it on in like a t-shirt, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have the sleeves taken in on that one? No, okay. nothing. And what about for uh, for deadlifting? Deadlifting, I'm using a velocity size okay. forty, but that okay. is pretty much uh, I suit in in the legs, in the straps, and the uh, waist as well. Oh, okay, so that was I mean that's our our next question is about modifications. Do you you sell a lot of your stuff and play around with uh, tightening and loosening and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I'm not suing because I'm really bad at it. But uh, <laughs> my grandmother is. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. So she's doing all my equipment suing. Right. So I have, like, in my squat, I'm just, uh, in my 40, I think I'm using only the straps. Mm -hmm. And in my competition suit, the 38, I'm using the straps on the waist. Okay. So you and kind of take it in along along the hip line? Yeah. Yeah. From like the hip line to up to my armpit. Okay. Yeah. All the way. And for the but bench shirt, obviously you're just you're taking in those sleeves pretty aggressively. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then for the deadlift suit, you just kind of yeah, like modifies, everything. Yeah, pretty much everything, but I. Just for the last week, I tried the suing the legs, mm -hmm. and I think it's helped a little bit, but it's still like going up every time I'm lifting it. So I don't really know how I should uh, modify that to be better right now. I don't. I don't know if there is a solution for that. <laughs> I think if you figure that out, you'll make some money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little bit of chalk on the thighs might be might be the trick. Yeah try that as well but yeah i could do maybe like four or five sets maximum in it and then it's like oh like a bikini on me yeah yeah i find the same thing with my, my and actually so when i went down and i got some custom stuff made by titan i had them make me a, a deadlift suit with longer legs um and i just found that was super awkward like i almost wanted it to ride up more because that's oh. more used to how I'm kind of like, uh, or sorry, more like how I'm used to pulling with the legs pretty high. So I got the legs a little bit lower and I found I just like would get hunched over and kind of pulled out of position way more. Okay. 
but yeah, I feel like there's a real sweet spot with that, like how much it yeah. rides up, and that you can definitely have it ride up too much for sure. Yeah. If I try to keep them low, then they like roll on me. They don't even slide up; they just kind of roll up, mm. and that's the worst. Yeah, yeah. mine do a combination of rolling and sliding, so they're like <laughs> doubled over on the cuff, but also super high up. <laughs> I get the best quads from deadlifting. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, so Bencher went over, uh, what knee wraps do you get? Do you like, I like the inserts, the black and red ones. Okay. Iron Z's, I think they're called. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah. uh, I actually tried the signature gold uh, recently, okay. Yeah, but it's too hard to wrap myself in it. So I really can't get any wraps around my knees and I think it's maybe like seven or yeah six wraps around yeah. and the inserts I can easily do like nine at least maybe right. ten damn okay do you always yeah. wrap yourself in training yeah in training I do like up to 380 maybe I have uh, two girls that can wrap me but uh, otherwise after that I need to wrap myself right so that I'm missing at the gym, someone that can really wrap me hard. The Swedes, the Swedes have a strong, uh, strong rap team. Yeah, as, as I experienced in uh, in 2018 <laughs> there. Yeah, you tried uh, Eric's rapping in uh, Dubai. Yeah, I had uh, yeah. I had little little scabs on the backs of my knees for like three weeks afterwards. Because <laughs> he would. He would lay them down and then like reef them really tight, which yeah. like whatever. In the in, at the time, I was like, "That's a good solid wrap." Afterwards, I was like, "Oh man, my knees are so." <laughs> <sick."> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when you're squatting, are you are you using flats or heels, or do you have like a? I'm using heels. Yeah. Like like uh, Romaldias. Okay, so like a full yeah. sort of like weightlifting. Yeah. Cool. Then we have uh, the next segment is questions from our listeners. So we put out a couple yes. of posts on our Instagram and we got a few questions back in here. So uh, first one is, uh, and I assume this is a yes, but uh, will we see you at IPF Worlds in 2021? And will we see 400 plus on the bar? Yes, I will be in the <laughs> competition and uh, hopefully I will do over 400 as well. Well, if you continue the way you are, you'll, I think you'll be opening there. So. Yeah, you might be opening at 400 if uh, things keep up. Man. We will see in like five weeks, maybe. Then we'll yeah. have the real answer on that. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a competition coming up? No, but I will do a, like a mock meet in five to six weeks when I will try even bigger weights than I've ever been doing. So right. then we'll see how That's, far it goes. Uh... That's exciting, man. I'm looking forward I, to seeing that. I have some weights in my head, but uh, we will see if they go as planned. Well, now is a good time to get them all out there and put that pressure on yourself. I know you like to... I think I will try at least like 415 or maybe even 420 on squat. Damn, dude. And like bench, I will hopefully do maybe in 330, 340 maybe. And like deadlift, maybe 315, 320. And that will be a pretty solid total. I, think. I was going to say that would be a very <laughs> I guess, yeah, solid I'd say total. So. <laughs> um, but we, we, we will see. 
We got a, a question here from, I think, somebody at your gym, and they were wondering, who gives the best liftoff? Ah, uh, I know who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one guy at the gym that he gave me the liftoffs. So that's like, I have to adapt my training time when he's at the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm never like lifting off myself. Yeah. I was right, like resting my arms on the bar. Like he have to lift all the. Oh, he lifts the whole thing out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. One of those people. (laughs) (laughs) Those guys are the worst. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that's the only reason that I'm training like with equipment when he's around, so he can lift off with me. He must. So he has a good deadlift then. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He has strong hands at least. Yeah. Yeah. I've asked him if he could like do the 400 liftoff and he told me that wouldn't be a problem. So yeah. maybe in some days I will try it. Maybe he should wrap <laughs> you then. He's got a really yeah. good high rack pull. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 400 rack pull. That's yeah. pretty solid. <laughs> um, we actually got another question uh, and we'll see if we can figure out who this is from. I'll tell you afterwards. But have you started eating vegetables yet? I know who this is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like Alexander Eriksson. Yeah, it's your coach. Yeah. yeah. It was, this was actually at the national camp we had with the, all the lifters. And we had like a nutrition coach at the speaker. And she was always like, yeah, you have to eat your vegetables. You have to eat like a minimum of uh, 100 grams of like tomato a day. And yeah, she told... Is there anybody that don't eat any vegetables? And I'm just, yeah, <laughs> that's that's me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not good at it. I'm very bad at eating my vegetables, or at least I'm eating all the other stuff. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> it seems to be working for you. So yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's right. Titan bench or uh, Titan shirt <laughs> sleeves. Stop eating vegetables. Um, do you have any tips on the mental aspect of going from raw to equip training? And how do you approach weights that are so far above your max? I think it's uh, like I'm not thinking so much on the weight on the bar. I'm just thinking that, okay, now it's time. I have to do like my thing and going in my zone. I think, okay, it's just me and me and the bar. Now it's just like pushing myself and I know I can do it. Like I'm always telling myself that I can have done it in training, even though I haven't done it in training, like starting to lie for myself. And <laughs> <laughs> So that 400, you're like, we've done this so many times before. Let's go. Yeah, 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 of course. I'm just, okay, this was not even the first time I was under the board with 400. And then I realized afterwards, well, oh shit, this was the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Right, but so always, why- like, try to, like, yeah, just get in the mental zone and not thinking so much about the weights. Do you use, like, visualization at all? Like, coming to that 400, were you, like, visualizing the lift beforehand? Yeah, weeks before. Yeah. I really, that's, like, starting right now. I'm always, like, when I'm out taking a walk or, yeah, just making dinner or anything. 
I'm just visualizing my squats or bench or deadlifts to go like my trial 415 or 420 in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Just trying to look how it will go and maybe even think about, okay, then I will go down, hit the depth, come up easily. How would it feel? How would, will it even go as planned? Yeah. But that's pretty much I'm having very much thoughts about my list every day. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you use like headphones or, or what the sort of like gym culture is where you train or if everybody, you know, kind of listens to the same music. But somebody asked about your favorite like training album or, or music that you like to lift to. Do you have any, any music recommendations? I actually use the same song every time I need to push myself that extra percent. So like before I heavy lift on the, yeah, like the 400 kilo squat or the last week's 350 bench, I use the same monster with the skillet that will come up at the same time and like starting to wrap my knees. So, and then everybody at the gym at least knows, okay, shit, now it's for real. Oliver will lift heavy. But yeah. otherwise, I can listen to everything. Okay. That uh, depends on who got the like speaker on the gym. Sometimes it's like Disney, and sometimes it's uh, Ramstein. And, okay. Did you say yeah. sometimes Disney? Yeah. It could be like this. <laughs> the Frozen soundtrack? Let it go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that actually came up uh, a few sessions ago when I was deadlifting. Um, nice. I'm not letting this go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so Monster by Skillet, and I'm not even familiar with that song, yeah. so I'll have to go listen to it after. I just had to, to look it up. Yeah, I see it here. I've, I don't think I've ever heard it before. Is Skillet, uh, like, where are those guys from? I have no idea. I'm so bad at music. <laughs> I just, when I found this song, I just think, okay, it felt like just on my body is, okay, now you have to get ready. Now you have to be in your zone looks like they are from memphis tennessee i thought for some reason i might not have heard of them because they were like a a european band or something no i don't think they are no where did where did you come from did you say uh yeah they're from they're they're american they're from tennessee oh i didn't know that now you know (laughs) learning all kinds (laughs) of things today here yeah uh, so next up, uh, where do you see the future of equipped lifting in Sweden? I actually think it will be almost like the same as it's now. But I also think that more and more people will try at least equipment. We are just like one today at the gym that tried equipment for the first time. So I think more and more people would try to at least try the equipment uh but yeah many people think it's so much easier with the raw lifting but i say i mean if you want to lift even heavier weights then you need to put the equipment on if you like to lift heavy and then mm-hmm. we always get a little bit triggered <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what don't you like to lift heavy yeah it's like do you don't like to drive fast then you can't drive a volvo then you need a ferrari <laughs> yeah I get that. It's like the same thing. Um, we had another one about uh, like a normal week of training. Um, 
what is a what does a normal week of training look like for you? Uh, and they asked, like, do you do a lot of accessories, or are you just kind of more like hyper specific? Um, maybe frequency, some of that kind of stuff. I think it's very much now at the same moments right now at like Mondays or it's you know, session one it will be it's like squat and bench maybe some uh, dumbbell press afterwards I don't have any uh, so much accessories right now mm-hmm. and then uh, session two would also be like deadlift heavier deadlift and then some back workouts after that maybe two or three accessories and like session three will always be uh like easier workout so I can recover a bit mm-hmm. and then session five it's right now it's the pin squat so yep. that's pretty heavy session as well and then some heavy like board presses on the after that and maybe some yeah some back workout there as well just some easy to prepare for the deadlift at the last session so I think so, I'm like squatting two to three times a week and deadlifting two times a week, benching maybe four times a week, I think. So is that so five I, workouts a week? Is that what I heard? Yeah, five workouts a week. Right. Cool. And uh, having seen you, you posted a story a few weeks ago about doing chin-ups and you have like ridiculously large like I don't, I don't think you're lats or your Terry's major. Like there's some sort of like <laughs> baseball on the back of your, your shoulders. <laughs> is that where, is that where your squat comes from or, or do you bench only with those? I don't understand. Uh, I actually have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> do you do a lot of like uh, pull down chin up sort of movements? I do a, like a barbell rows. I do okay. a lot of barbell rows. I do a lot of, not so much chin ups, actually just lat pull down. So if that counts. Yeah. Counts like, for us heavy guys. <laughs> <laughs> Chin-ups are like a two at 10 kind of thing, I think. <laughs> one at 10 and one at negative. Yeah. <laughs> no, otherwise, I liked like uh, the rows with dumbbells. Right. But I think we will need to, right now, need to make new dumbbells at the gym or buy new ones. Running out of weight? Yeah, because like the heaviest weight we have at the gym right now is 53s kilos. So that even, also you need at least 70 or 80 kilos to push yourself even harder. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've I've ever done 80 kilo dumbbell rows before. That's pretty impressive. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll, we'll see if I could get those. Just got to visualize it. Tell yourself you've done it before. That's right. Yeah, lie to myself. <laughs> uh, and the last question we had from our listeners was, uh, will you or Nick Lentz squat 400 in competition first? Ooh. Is there a, is there yeah. a rivalry there? Is a, no. you guys? <laughs> uh, I'm actually, no, Nick Lentz uh, very good. And we are good, pretty good friends because yeah. um, I'm actually born in Denmark. Okay. So I speak fluent danish as well so we speak very much at the competitions mm-hmm. but i will say the first one that will squat 400 kilo is probably the guy with the best uh, number in the what do you call it the lot the, the lot, lot yeah <laughs> but uh, if he 
But if you don't open at, at least 400 kilos next meet, then maybe it will be <laughs> You heard it here for first. The gauntlet has been thrown. It could be a lot of 400 kilo opening deadlifts in 93. As Worlds 2021 is going to be a spectacle. I think squats, not deadlifts. No, not deadlift from my <laughs> Did I say? You said deadlift. Oh, shoot. Sorry. <laughs> No, I meant squats. Fine. Yeah. I promise I will not deadlift 400 kilo. Yet. Yes. Yet. You guys are visualizing to, it. Yeah. I need to learn how to hook grip first. And maybe, you know, I eat a lot of vegetables. So oh, there might be, might be something there. <laughs> <laughs> I try to anyways. I, to be honest, I'm pretty I good. haven't seen that on Instagram. Yeah, I don't post <laughs> those. It's to post more vegetables. Not as meals. exciting when I have my carrots and hummus <laughs> with lunch. <laughs> um cool so we're gonna dive into our sort of last uh segment here and we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the common questions if you've listened before you've heard us ask other people these questions but um what would you say first off is the the highlight of your lifting career thus far the highlight of will be the 400 kilo squats for yeah. sure yeah okay and to counter that what would be the lowest point of your lifting career and what were you? What did you learn from that experience? The lowest point will be when I. It was a competition in 2015. I needed to be a good competition to qualify to the national team, but I actually bombed out in the deadlift. Ah, uh, I see that here. Yeah, 292. So that wasn't even a fun day, but at least I talked to the like national team coach and he told me despite the bad competition i should be able to compete at the nordic championship next year so that will be the very baddest moment or the worst memories in the career so far and is that the the first and only time you've bombed out it looks like yeah that's the only time i bombed out so what did you learn from that so that you never bombed out again. I don't know what I actually learned about it, but I think it was like, don't uh, go too heavy at your opener and deadlift. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be at the thing that you can pull like almost a uh, personal best at the opener and think, okay, maybe I should try to increase my total with uh, 50 kilos or more just because right. you had a good uh, block or... Something like that. Right. So always like make your openers easy. Right. It's a bit of a lesson in uh, in attempt selection there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so who have been some of your your biggest inspirations along the way? And it doesn't have to be powerlifting. It could be anyone, um, or it could be powerlifters. But who who kind of has inspired you to excel the way you have? The I actually started when I was starting with powerlifting. I was much looking at uh, Alexander Eriksson and Eric Gödekam mm-hmm. because uh, those was the Swedish as a powerlifting guys that was always like, yeah, lifting heavy weights. And I thought, shit, that one day will I will never end up like lifting. Uh, no, Eric lifted like 300 kilos in squat or some uh, day, and I think, oh shit, that's heavy. And I was squatting like maybe 150 at that time. Mm-hmm. And so I actually began to like, okay, if they can do it, I have to do this as well. So I always like, 
not like haunted them to like competing with them, but I used them as motivation to actually lifting. Oh, my lifting should be better and better because I thought, okay, if they can do it, I can also do it. And that's mm-hmm. the same. Uh, uh, first competed against like Dmitry Sarkin from Russia. Mm-hmm. He has like crazy squat as well, and he's so fast like down <laughs> and up as well. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, okay, if he can like just throw himself down with three ninety on the back, then I should maybe try to throw myself down as well. <laughs> is that <laughs> your is that your favorite squat cue now? Is throw yourself down? Yeah, I, th- I think it's. I need to like do that so I can actually get the momentum on the bar mm-hmm. and the like the spring from the suit. Right. Because when I'm going too slow, I feel like it's just like waning out and all the power is like gone in the bottom position. Interesting. Uh, and looking back. Uh, do you have a piece of advice you'd like to give yourself when you first started out? Like, is there anything that looking back now you'd like to say, you know, you should do this? I think it was like, try to, to be more like calm in the start. Don't rush it. It takes time to develop the strength that you have today. I can see that in many younger people that they're too stressed to be like strong and want to develop their strengths like in just a month or two. So take it take it easy and just keep on with the good work, I think. That's good yeah. advice. Um now have you ever had any kind of like close call with equipped lifting? What what what's been your like closest call or have you had like an accident or something like that where the bars maybe gone crashing to the floor or something like that? I had the suit actually got the like the sewing in the suit on my right leg for now it's like four years ago. I actually popped on my the way down. Oh I succeeded to like rescue the squat. So I felt it like the all the pressure just lost at the right leg. Mm-hmm. So I just like was not even close to death. So I can save that pretty easy. Oh, but okay. otherwise, it was a squat that it just was just two years ago, I think, like 295, 300 on the bar. And I didn't have any spars. So, and I didn't have any blocks on the side. I just me and like, one more at the gym at that time. Mm-hmm. And I accidentally took the right kites a bit too high. So oh, I, no. <laughs> I couldn't come in with the bar. So I needed to like take it down on the bench rack instead. <laughs> <laughs> we should have been trapped there. You so good morning it down. I did like good morning it down, but instead of that I was first like to try to get in with the bar in the racks, but it was like tipping over almost. Then I need to back with it again and then I can tip it down. <laughs> Jeez. So that I think it's the most uh, like yeah, worst memories with the equipment. Well, that's that's good, man. Let's let's hope there are not more of those coming. No, I don't want to do a Semenenko. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Or Kim Reiner when he popped the suit. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And do you have any? Do you have? Do you have one raw lifter you'd love to see go equipped? Uh, one raw lifter. I actually saw Bryce Lewis. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I, it was just like this morning I saw Bryce Lewis had done the equipment lift. I just damn. He would be a really good guy in the 105. That could be really massive numbers yeah. on the on the board. Yeah. So if I could choose one, I think it was Bryce Lewis. I think will be really fun to see. Yeah. Doing some, but he would easily do like over 400 kilo squat. I think. Well, yeah, yeah, oh, I yeah. think so. I mean, he that was like a 342 and a half or 347 or something. Yeah. And it was basically just like loose borrowed suit i could it's see his crazy. knee popping out of his knee wraps oh yeah he took it to like the basement and then just like, <laughs> just about jumped back up with it and yeah like, okay yeah oh, you know, it's really crazy 400 in like three sessions in the suit probably yeah for sure yeah no that'd be super cool that'd be really cool if you could see him because he's really strong in the bench and deadlift as well yeah yeah super well around yeah yeah um and then our last question is uh whether or not you have any concrete sort of goals that you're aiming for right now we spoke a little bit about those already i think but uh do you have anything like um i don't know outside of powerlifting or even inside of powerlifting anything that you're uh excited about that you want to plug or talk about Nothing right now in the powerlifting world. I have the like the numbers I told you guys that I will aiming for, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, I really would just right now want to be able to compete again because I think now it's been uh, like almost one year since the last competition, and I feel like okay, what will be when will be the next competition for me and. Where will it be? Will it be like here in back in Sweden, or will it be at the European or World? So yeah. So I think it's just will be yeah be able to compete again. Yeah. Is there any competitions planned in Sweden? There, there is actually a competition tomorrow. Oh, okay. But uh, and I told myself that uh, okay maybe we can try to compete at that meet, but then I'm. Um, like I can't like ask five guys from my gym to, hey guys, do you want to come over uh, at uh, someone else uh, like uh, our drive and like help me on a Sunday because I want to try lift at the competitions because they don't have any spotters that has like the experience to pass a spot four hundred kilos or above mm-hmm. and like. As I told you in the bench, I only have one guy that can lift off to me. And I couldn't like ask anybody else to uh, handle 350 or less or 340 maybe. Then won't be able to lift it off. So yeah. I actually just call it this time and will instead do like my mock meets in six weeks instead. Yeah. And then we'll see after that when the next competition will be. Cool. Hopefully soon, man. Yeah. I really hope so. I really want to compete right now. <laughs> it's. I think, I think a lot a of people bit, are feeling the same way. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit frustrating as sometimes that you like having a good session and feeling strong and 
really want to just yeah put on the numbers on the board or compete against someone mm-hmm. and not having yeah. that feeling right now that's yeah i definitely get that man that's a that's a big part of it for me uh is like i really enjoy kind of being in kind of like jostling around for position and seeing where things yeah. end up and and even just like competing with whatever you know whoever's closest to you yeah um but yeah not having that uh opportunity or having anything like that coming up is it's an interesting sort of situation but um yeah yeah, i mean that's that's pretty much what we got for you man so if there is there anything else you wanted to talk about or mention before we sign off where can people uh where can people find you where can people check out the uh the big bench that it took 20 seconds that you're going to post soon (laughs) that will uh, be on my instagram for sure at oliver dahlquist Okay. That will be all my poses on the latest workouts and uh, soon the maybe even going live on the mock day. We'll Fair see. Cool. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I guess, uh, again, thank you very much for uh, hanging out with us and, and taking the time to chat. Thank you for being with you and have this talk this mm-hmm. night. Okay, well, uh, have a good rest of your evening and uh, hopefully, man, hopefully, you know, hopefully international competitions are a thing again and we can cross paths and uh, have another beer or something. I really hope so too as well. (laughs) All right, buddy. (laughs) Take care. You too. See ya. All right. We want to thank you for listening to the Equipped, Bruised, and Tired podcast. We're going to be available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever fine podcasts are found. So make sure to leave your five-star rating if you enjoyed the show and a review as well and or check out our video version of the show on our YouTube channel. If you have any questions for ourselves, guest suggestions, or questions for our guests, you can go ahead and contact us at equippedbruisedtired at gmail.com and make sure to do your part to spread the word of the equipped renaissance. We'll see you next time.